0: McShane Bible Study Day 106, and we are starting in Leviticus 20. And Wes and I just had a long talk about it. But the the people of Canaan, God made it very clear they they lived in horrible ways, as far as sexual immorality, as far as sacrificing their children to the god Moloch, um, as far as you know a lot of different things. They lived in horrible ways. And so, in, in this chapter, God is saying, don't do these things. Don't be like the people in the land I'm giving you. Be holy and set apart. Mm-hmm. And so, that that basically encapsulates what this is. Unfortunately, the people of Israel, I, I don't think, as far as I'm aware, I don't think they were quite as bad in some of their activities as the Canaanites had been. Mm-hmm. But in other ways, they did. They, mm-hmm. they, they did go to the... Asherah, you know, temple prostitutes. They did, you know, uh, Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, uh, sacrificed his son to Moloch. Um, It's unthinkable, but these people still did some of these things. It was all about serving their own flesh, their own pride of life. uh, And God said, do not do these things. So, that's basically what that chapter is about. Mm-hmm. Psalm twenty-five is another in a string of just awesome psalms, and it, you know, just David worshiping the Lord. Towards the end, he starts talking about his enemies and lift him, protect him, forgive, forgive him, help him to grow past the sins of his youth, um, and then you know, blessings to Israel, save all of Israel. So it, it doesn't end on a personal note, but the beginning is just a wonderful. Expression of both worship, fear of the Lord, trusting in the Lord, seeking the Lord, like we talked about yesterday. He says, To you, O Lord, I lift up my soul. O my God, in you I trust. Let me not be put to shame. Let not my enemies exult over me. Indeed, none who wait for you shall be put to shame. They shall be ashamed who are wantonly treacherous. Make me to know your ways, O Lord. Teach me your paths. So he's, he's seeking the Lord. He's, you know, he's worshiping. He's lifting himself up, saying that, you know, it's to you that I give my life. And then he's saying, teach me your ways, Lord. You have a higher way than I can possibly know in my flesh. So teach me your ways. Lead me in your path. Five, lead me in your truth and teach me. For you are the God of my salvation. For you I wait all day long. So it's just a beautiful thing of trusting in the Lord, waiting on the Lord, having your life be in the Lord. So Ecclesiastes 3 has a couple like very famous uh, verses or sets of verses. The beginning for everything there is a season and a time for every matter under the sun. And also the from dust to dust part towards the end. Um, I just highlighted a part in the middle to talk about starting in verse 11. He has made everything beautiful in its time. Also, he has put eternity into man's heart. Yet, so that he cannot find out what God has done from the beginning to the end. So, a couple of points in the same verse. He's made everything beautiful in its time. It's kind of like Paul talks about. God has given everything a certain glory. There's a glory in a plant. There's a glory in a lion. There's a glory in a person. But there's also greater glories, and God wants to put his glory in us. So that's very similar to this. Everything has, has its own beauty. Also, he's put eternity into man's heart. So he's filled us with a desire and a, a a deep down knowing that there is an eternity. That's why most most people that don't know the Lord, they're not Christians. They still believe in God. Mm -hmm. it's very few that are truly atheists that they truly and and they're probably not facing death or something (laughs) i think i've said it before but there's an expression there's no um there's no atheist in a foxhole like Mm -hmm. you you, usually when you're facing death all of a sudden you start praying Um, deep down we know we're made to know there is a god we're made to worship him unfortunately far too many don't know the lord so they're aware that there is god but they don't actually know he's actually made it possible for us to know him that Mm -hmm. that's what jesus came for and so um and, and then he goes on kind of the same thing we were talking about in the last chapter i perceive that there's nothing better for them than to be joyful and to do good as long as they live you know, Philippians talks a lot about joy. Even when Paul was in jail, he was preaching uh-huh. to the Philippians that they should live in joy, that they should rejoice in everything, even their suffering. Mm-hmm. And so Solomon's, you know, he's saying there's nothing better than being joyful. And then he says, do basically, do the work. He says it this way. Also, that everyone should eat and drink and take pleasure in all his toil. This is God's gift to man. So do the work that God has before us. Mm -hmm. and be satisfied in that not looking for something externally that's going to bring us happiness if we start to do that we're always miserable because none of those things can make us happy right i perceive that this is 14 i perceive that whatever god does endures forever nothing can be added to it nor anything taken from it god has done it so that people fear before Him. That which is already has been. That which is to be already has been. And God seeks what has been driven away. So he says everything of any real value is from the Lord. And everything people experience has been experienced before. Mm -hmm. So we're just talking about atheists. And we think, well, that's a new. People who are atheists think, well, I am newly enlightened. Enlightened. People before were silly, superstitious people that believed in God. But we can go back and read Genesis and see people didn't believe in God way back then. It's not anything new. When we, mankind always puffs himself up. People puff themselves up with pride about what they think or accomplish. And so we think, we get a new thought and we think, wow, this is really impressive. No one's ever thought of this before. No, (laughs) it's all been thought before. That's not to say there's not new technologies that change, you know, things. How you do it, but yeah. it's been thought of. But the new, the, the way of life, the things that are truly mm. important and eternal, uh, it's, it's just a big circle going round and round and round and God is saying, because that's how we can look at the Old Testament, And we can see, well, there's patterns here. These things keep happening. And God says, yes, and I will. But there will come a day when I choose a people that overcome this vicious cycle that was set into place so long ago. And I transform a people to be like me. And then we're wrapping up in 1 Timothy 5. And there's just a lot of good, solid advice on the, at the beginning, in our personal relationships, how we treat our elders, how we treat widows, how you know, how, how we treat other people, how we interact mm-hmm. with them. In this, you know, he's saying, okay, Timothy, you're a young man and there mm-hmm. are older men coming to the faith. So when you teach them, you need to teach them in a manner that gives them respect for their age. Mm-hmm even though they might be new in the Lord and need to teach wisdom from you, um, respect the life that they've lived, Um, you know, honor widows, there there, there goes, he goes on, and then, but he also says, he talks about, so what they would do is they would take care of the widows, and they'd give them money, but he says, look, they need to be of a certain age, otherwise they should get out and work, Um, he says, when people aren't, when you pay people to sit around, they become self-indulgent, they become gossips, they become, he says, they get up to all kinds of trouble. We actually see that in our society. There's so much money in the system. Um, the government's sending people money. You have, because of all the money printing, the, the effects, the The value hasn't yet been drained out of the dollar like it will be somewhat soon. Um, so you, So you have people that have way too much money and i'm not against having a lot of money but they they can freely give it away because um they have just have a ton and so they 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 don't know the lord and so they get up to crazy philosophies Mm -hmm. and they start paying money to sit around and cause havoc and so paul right here is very clearly talking about don't do this it's bad for people uh but Unfortunately, we, you know, we've kind of left the wisdom of the scriptures, and uh, he goes on to, to talk about, um, you know, the, those who are pouring their life into you, the elders, to, he says, you shall not muzzle an ox when it treads out the grain. Um, so, in other words, he's taking a principle from the Old Testament, from the law of Moses, and saying, Look how this applies to our life now. So it's a lot of what we do in Bible studies. Look, God didn't didn't want us to get rid of the Old Testament when he brought Jesus, the apostles, and the New Testament. He was trying to bring life and light Mm -hmm. to what he had given us previously, right? So we see Paul doing that here. And then Paul gives Timothy personal advice and uh so anyways i'll wrap that up there the lord bless you you want to say goodbye goodbye